following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. Now, I need to help you just for a few minutes this morning. And uh, as we position ourselves, see, for us to accomplish what God wants to accomplish, we're all going to have to get blessed. We all gonna have to get a new anointing. We all gonna have to get our gifts going. We all gonna have to have some money. We all gonna have to have some breakthroughs. Because God's got a mandate on us. And so we gotta position ourselves for what God wants to do in this season. And uh, we're at the right time and we're at the right place. So touch two or three people, tell them you're at the right time and you're at the right place. Now, I don't have time to, to fully give you all of this, all that I'd like to give you this morning. I'll, I'll try to maybe do some uh, FaceTime Live or Facebook Live this week to help us move forward, but we're in the, what they call the high and, high and holy days in the Bible this season. Isn't it interesting, holiday comes from holy days. We're at a high and holy days, biblically speaking, as we're moving into the Feast of Tabernacles. We started blowing the shofar, this uh, uh, yellow pipe up. Uh, this is these Alabama shofars that now I guess Greg is mass producing now uh, because he had a bunch of them when we walked in this morning. And, uh, and so now these Alabama shofars are becoming, they may even make it to Israel. I'm not sure yet, but uh, so. they work. They work. So if you've not been able to get you a real shofar, we will surely put a temporary, this is a temporary shofar into your hands because we've been blowing the shofar, the sound, now for this 40-day period. Don't stop. Touch three people, tell them don't stop. Even though we hit Rosh Hashanah last week, we're still blowing these things. We're going all the way for the 40 days through the Day of Atonement. This week is a, what, you, what you don't realize is we're in the days of awe. Biblically. Ten days from Rosh Hashanah through the Day of Atonement, which is coming this week. I, on Wednesday, if I'm correct, is the Day of Atonement. On the Day of Atonement is a day of fasting. And if there's any way you could fast for a day on the Day of Atonement, it's Wednesday. I'm pretty sure I'm accurate on that date. It's Wednesday's the Day of Atonement. That's the day where you fast. Why? That's the day, biblically known as the day, the Day of Atonement. That day God speaks more and clearer than on any other day of the year. That's where Bob Jones and Bobby Connors and Paul Keith Davis used to get the shepherd's rod, where God would give them the vision for the year on the Day of Atonement. So next Wednesday, if you could fast a little bit and find yourself any place to get quiet for any amount of time, an hour, 30 minutes, hour, just get quiet and say, God, I would love to hear from you about what you're going to do in my life this year. I promise you God will speak to you. And so this is a very important week. And then as we get to next Sunday, we enter into tabernacles. And that's kind of how I want to get us positioned, ready to move. So this week, be alert, be aware, keep releasing the sound of the shofar. Important. When we get to Wednesday, if you've got time to do some fasting, 
get, get along with the Lord, the Lord will speak. It's great when the Lord speaks through somebody to us, and I love that, but it's even better when the Lord speaks directly to you yourself. And that's what God will do on the Day of Atonement on Wednesday. And so we look forward to that day and what God would do in and through us as he speaks to us. But we need to get prepared to move in tabernacles. And that's what I want to talk to you just for a few moments this morning. Look at this. I'm calling it the flow of tabernacles. And let me give you the, first, the, the biblical reference, Deuteronomy 16. You shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles seven days when you've gathered from your threshing floor and your wine press, and you shall rejoice in your feast you and your son and your daughter and your male servant and female servants and the Levites, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow who are within your gates. Seven days you shall keep a sacred feast to the Lord your God in the place which he chooses because the Lord your God will bless you. Somebody say bless. Bless. The Lord will bless you in all your produce and in all the work of your hands so you shall surely rejoice. First thing I want you to know about tabernacles is about getting a blessing down on you for the year. So touch three people and say we're about to get blessed. Touch somebody else and say, I'm really mean it. I'm not playing with you. We're about to get blessed. <laughs> Three times a year, this is one of those times, these divine appointments, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place that he chooses, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of Weeks, Feast of Tabernacles. You shall appear before the Lord. Don't prepare. Don't come empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. So what does Feast of Tabernacles look like? It looks like gathering to worship, as we do, but then it, it looks like getting your family around you. That What they did is they would have a Sukkoth or a tent, and they would celebrate how God provided for them in the wilderness and how they lived in a tent. So my, our family tradition is we put up one of the little Walmart tents out in our yard, and we decorated a little bit, but we get our family together intentionally every Feast of Tabernacles. And what we do is Bev and I rehash to them our testimony. See, a lot of us parents, we don't want our kids to know all we've been through, but that's the best thing you can do for your kids is tell them where you've been and how God got involved in your life and moved you in your journey. Do you know how many of our children and grandchildren don't even know all that God has done in our lives? Do you know why the Hebraic people are so powerful? They share orally the testimonies and the power of God and how God's manifested and been faithful. You don't have to be all along the Hebraic lines, you know, with, a, with all the traditions. You can literally throw out some pizza and get outside, get up under the skies and look to the heavens and just declare to your children the faithfulness of God. We have houses of light here. It's, that's the time of year you go find you a house of light within our church community and get in the fellowship with believers and celebrate. God starts this new season of blessings. Here's what he says. That you're going to be so blessed, you can go ahead and celebrate for eight days. For eight days, you're supposed to get outside and celebrate. What's that? You're saying, what are you saying? You're saying to the universe, you're saying to the heavens, we so believe God's going to provide so great, we're rejoicing in advance about what God's going to do in this year. So touch three people and say, I'm going to find me a place to rejoice. Don't you love a God who throws 25 parties a year intentionally? Who don't want to serve that God 25 times? Every other week there's a party with God. My God, I love that. This is important. I, I don't know if I was that. This was last minute, that map of transformation. Remember this? This is that time of year to take a step of courage. 
so that you can be moved exponentially down this transformational map. If you're setting yourself up for transformation this year as you obey God in the Feast of Tabernacles. The whole purpose of the Feast of Tabernacles was to come before the Lord, obeying the commandments, trusting Him to open heaven and pour out rain, ensuring the harvest. The whole purpose of God, the whole purpose of tabernacles, God in tabernacles, was an annual feast. They would come before the Lord and they would take pictures of water and they would go to the pool of Siloam and they would gather water with a picture and they would go and pour it out at the temple as a prophetic act saying, God, we are declaring to the heavens that we will have plenty of rain so that our crops will be blessed and our harvest will be plentiful. In that culture, water was everything. If they had no rain, they had no harvest. If they had no harvest, they had no revenue. So they were completely having to trust God every year that God would open the heavens. Now the Bible makes more sense when we pray this morning, Second Chronicles 7, 14. If the heavens shut up and there's no rain, humble yourselves. Pray so that God, so God at times would, would shut the heavens because he was wanting. Let me just say this. If you're not living under, on, under an open heaven, God's not opening heaven because he's wanting to open something in you. Unless God's wanting to do something in you, God should be doing something for you. And when God's wanting to do something for, in me instead of for me, that's when I humble myself and I find out what God's wanting to do and obey him. This is where we're at. This is this day of atonement. This is this time of repentance. Letting God have his way in our life. You see, there were three types of water sources in Israel. There were cisterns. Now, I'm talking about when, that, would, that would hold rainwater. When I'm talking about a cistern, I'm not talking about a little bucket. We were just recently in Israel where we walked in a cistern that was as big as this sanctuary. We walked in Mas- on Masada. We walked down into a cistern that was literally as big as this sanctuary you're sitting in that would hold rainwater. There were wells. They would dig wells and hit streams under uh, the ground. The only problems with cisterns is in a drought, they dried up. The only problems with wells is they could become contaminated. The most valuable source of water for somebody in Israel was a spring like in Gedi that flowed supernaturally, literally. It just gushed out of the earth and never ran dry and never was contaminated. Hence, God comes to his people in Jeremiah 2 and 13. He says, there's two evils you've committed against me. Two evils you've committed against me. Number one, you have forsaken me, the fountains of living water, And number two, you've hewn out cisterns that by themselves they're broken and they can hold no water. God says you got two things that you've committed evil against me. You're trusting yourself. You've hewn yourself out a 401k that tomorrow could become special K. You've hewn yourself out of savings account. You've got God. This is God. This is modern day language for God. Don't trust anything except what's supernatural with God. Because God is a supernatural source for our lives. And once we get in, into that, 
then we have great peace and we have great joy knowing God is our ultimate supply of everything. Now, bring this into context. So it's on this big day of the feast. Now, now it gets spiritual because Jesus, if you remember in John 7, he told his disciples, you go to the Feast of Tabernacles, but I'm not going yet. Because the last day of the feast was the big day where they had lots of water being poured out, and it was the big celebration. Now you understand more on what it says, on the great day of the feast, the last day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried aloud. So picture this with me. Hundreds of thousands of people at a water-pouring ceremony, trusting, asking God to send rain. Jesus stands up in the midst of them and says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anybody's thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. For he who believes in me, as the scripture said, you won't be having to ask for water because out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This was tabernacles. Tabernacles is about tapping into a new flow, spiritually, financially, relationally, in every area of your life. So touch three people say, I'm about to tap into a new flow in the name of Jesus. Look at Malachi 3 and 10. Let me talk to you just a minute about doing this. Bring all the offerings into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't even have room enough to receive it. Bring the offerings that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. And pour you out a blessing that you don't even have room enough to receive it. I was thinking about tabernacles. I was thinking about flow. I was thinking about open heavens. And I began to study the last two weeks on open heavens, open windows of heaven. Every time you see window of heaven in the Bible, the direct Hebraic translation, Hebrew translation means sluice gate. Do you know what a sluice gate is? Let me show you a picture. See, we got to get the right picture. When God's talking about opening the windows, leave that up there. When God's talking about opening the windows of heaven, he's not talking about a hose, a water hose trickle. Touch two people and say, I ain't believing for a trickle. Come on, tell them, I ain't believing. Touch somebody and say, I'm believing for a gusher. Listen, here's what's exciting. The force of a sluice gate is not determined by anything on this side. The source of a sluice gate is only determined in, by how powerful the reservoir that's being held back behind it. Are you tracking with me? There's an unseen realm of supply. My God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. There's a reservoir of supply available to the believers who get under a sluice gate or an open heaven. 
That's why it's important to align with these timings. That's why God says, come before me, don't come empty-handed, because he's wanting to get us aligned so Malachi becomes a reality that now the windows of heaven are opened up and a sluice gate is open, and now a flood of heaven's resources come into your life. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about heaven's resources. Health, strength, joy, peace, money, relational integrity. I'm... Now, Jack Hayford says this so powerfully. There is nothing that tests a person's true view of the invisible realm more than taking your earthly resources and placing them on the altar before God. Because I know I can say, Lord, I'm, I'm for you. Lord, I'm with you. I'm all in. Then the Lord says, test me then. And see if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't even have room enough to receive. This is my journal. I wrote it down. It is illogical to give away money as an act of faith. It's illogical. But when you do, you're saying, I believe in the living God And I sow my faith into his promises. Now, he doesn't say you have to do it to go to heaven. This has nothing to do with being loved by God. This has nothing to do with God's mercies and kindness being with you along your life's journey. But he does say that if you would like to see a harvest of overflow of spiritual blessings and provisions from heaven resources into your earthly setting, then he calls you and I to sow into the realm of the Spirit and we make up our mind to do the will of God and obey him in the matter. And when we do, a sluice gate opens and heaven's resources come upon our lives. Touch three people say, get under the spout where the glory's coming out. So simply put, this season as we align with God, you and I determine the size of our sluice gate. Whoever sows sparingly will reap also sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now here's what blew my mind this year studying for tabernacles. Because I believe this. Touch some else, say, Kent really believes this. I I really believe this. I wouldn't be teaching it to you if I don't believe it. I believe that you can align with God around the timings of God, and you'll you'll get a blessing on your life. You'll get something on you Ajax can't get off of you. You know what? I mean, it'll just get on you. And you're just blessed. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed. I've experienced it. You're just blessed. As you align and by faith open the windows of heaven on your life. Now, there again, remember the map? Only 80, 80% of the people never move more than five points. So this is the time of year you determine, do you want to obey God? Look, I didn't believe this stuff when I first started it. I just had no choice. I didn't have enough of anything. I didn't have enough spiritual strength. I didn't have enough joy. I didn't have enough peace. I definitely didn't have enough money. 
So I said, God, I don't even know if I believe it, but I'm willing to try it because I got to have something because I can't stay where I'm at right now. I got to move and go somewhere. So I didn't start by faith, but now I live in it by faith. I started out of need. And so this blew my mind this year as I'm studying tabernacles. This is found in Zechariah 14. This is how important it is to believe in aligning with tabernacles and aligning with God. If you're a, a, a Bible student, you would understand what I mean by the millennial reign. Give me 60 seconds to explain it. The Lord Jesus Christ one day is going to return. Anybody believe that? Anybody really believe that? It says he's coming back. Riding on a white horse. That's why I started learning to ride horses. I feel like if you're going to go with him, you're going to have to know how to ride. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you are not going to make the first trip. We'll have to come and get you in a wagon because you don't know how to ride a horse. You know what I'm talking about? But it says he's going to come back and he's going to set up his kingdom on the earth. It's going to be powerful. And he's going to rule and reign. Over the nations of the earth for a thousand years. This is, the, this is the great millennial reign of Christ. He will physically be on the earth. Now here's what's wild. Is even with the Lord Jesus Christ physically being here, the Bible says some will still rebel. Now I don't know about you, but if the eastern sky splits, the Lord returns out of heaven and sets up a kingdom on the earth and you still rebel? That's tough right there. And in this millennial reign, look at what Zechariah says. It shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. So listen, even after Jesus comes back, it's not by faith anymore. He's here. It says every year we will still be called upon by the Lord to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. And it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth who do not come to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, at Tabernacles, on them there shall be no rain. Even while the Lord is on earth, tabernacles determines how much of heaven we're living under. Now, I don't know about you. I want all of heaven's resources on my life. I want the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I want to know the Lord more. I want the angels encamped around about me. I want my bills paid so that I ain't got to worry about that, so that I can help go all in Alabama 2020, do whatever else God calls us to do. I want to live under that. I'm not satisfied just being saved. I want God involved in every aspect and every detail of my life. So hence, I want to align with him. So it's going to be important for you and I to align with God during this season so that we can fulfill our purpose and our destiny and walk in what God's want us to walk in. So next week, as we go to ta get to Tabernacles, I want to spend this week preparation. And next week, as we get, go to, get ready to go to Tabernacles, we need to start praying. This is an important week. Lord, how much... Do you want us to tap into for this next year?
What are we going to need? How much are we going to need? I'm talking about for you, me, our mission, our vision. And us begin to prepare for that and get up under a sluice gate from heaven and get the blessings of God down on our life. So I want you to start praying with me as we enter into next, next week. Now, we, we, most of us are very accustomed to first fruits giving. We'll be doing that next Sunday. We'll be bringing our first fruits offering as we worship the Lord at Tabernacles. We'll be making decrees out of our life, and we will be aligning ourselves for next year. It's not the amount we give, it's the obedience. And so it's so important. I wanted to prepare us for us. Now, I want to prepare in a couple ways. Do you have that? Uh, I, we came up with a um, visual, all in, all in Alabama. Does that offend anybody here? Go back with it. I want to see it again. I like it right there. All in Alabama. We're saying as a church, leave that up there, we're investing all of our resources next year into the state of Alabama. Every bit of our resources. You say, what does that look like? Every city we go to, every community we go to, we're going to be taking money with us. We're not looking for money. And we're going to be sowing into local works that are doing the works of God, that are sowing and helping the poor. We're coming with money. We're not looking for money. You want to hear another one that I love that was brought to our attention by some of our leaders? There's 24 synagogues in the state of Alabama we're going to send them each and every one a check and say we're investing in the Israel that's in Alabama in this season. Come on now. We're, we're, we're all in. I mean, we're going all in Alabama. We're not going overseas. We're not traveling overseas. We're not sending money overseas. We love international. But this year, God made it very evident to us we're all in Alabama. And so we're going all in. So the resources we give this tabernacles will not only keep home base strong, but now we will give us a war chest, if you will, to take the steps of faith to get into Alabama that we'll be going to two counties every week the entire year in Alabama. And we believe that God is going to ignite the triumphant reserve and that once we get this established, something's going to have started in Alabama that's going to go to all the nation of the world. Now, obviously we know how to give. I don't have to instruct you, on, instruct you on how to give. Most people know how to give. But there is a creative way to give this year that we did several years ago uh, that was remarkable. And that is we invited people not only to bring money because a lot of times we don't have cash money, but we brought uh, things we had uh, gold, silver, necklaces, jewelry that was laying around our house. We took the scripture like the lady with a candle looking for stuff. I got Bev looking at our house looking for anything broke I could put in the brag and bring to the church. Then things that weren't broke, I was taking it behind her back and putting it in there. You know what I'm talking about? The gold rush, the gold rush we had. Well, it's, when we did it last time, gold was $800 an ounce. Now it's $1,500 an ounce. Any kind of small stuff like that can make a massive difference. So I don't want you to be limited in your mind to what you can give. Just ask the Lord what you can give. We, on the other side of that, I got a call 10 days ago from the donor that helps us at least once a year who's been very gracious to us as, as a church and said, Kent, I don't know what you got going on. Thank you, Lord. Or what kind of mission. But he said, I've had some uh, financial blessings come my way. I'd like to match again 
uh, uh, an offering this year, and I'll match up to $250,000 of whatever co comes into the congregation. I think that's awesome. So if we give $250, he gives $250, we're $500, and we're off and moving in Alabama. So anyway, there's just a lot of powerful things happening. Now here's the scripture God gave me for us. Let's go to Genesis 26. Then Isaac sowed in that land. That land. The land where he was. I believe God's saying, and word alive, sowed into Alabama. And reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed them. And they began to prosper and continued prospering and became very prosperous. Now, I don't know about you, but I like not just prospering, but continued to prospering and becoming very prosperous. I feel like that's what God gave us for this year as we take these steps into Alabama. And so this, what it looks like to be all in, we're all in with our resources all in with our time. As we get, after we get through Tabernacles, we'll start telling you how we're going to form these fire teams. We're going to have to have prayer force. We're going to have to have ministry teams. We're going to have to have people that will be willing to travel. We're going to have to have you find out who are in the counties of relationships with you, who people you know in these different counties. We'll have to begin to develop the list of where we're going, how we're going to do it. It's a big undertaking, but the Lord has commanded us to do it, and therefore we're going all in Alabama 2020 for the glory of God. Amen? This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.